Ben, you rolling? Yeah. All right, <laughs> let's do it. Uh, hi, welcome to the Still Loading Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in or watching. Wherever you are, we're just grateful that you're here. Kaylees, thanks for being here. Happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, thanks for being here. Yeah. Jerry, Hello. thanks for being here. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about today, I kind of had this question, it's like, is God necessary? I think that's where the um, kind of question about moralism versus like faith and um, other communities, other uh, countries, I think it all comes down to people believing like, I don't find a necessity. I don't think God is a necessity in life. So therefore maybe he's not real or maybe people go through life like, well, I'm kind of just doing my own thing and things are working out. So we're just going to talk about all that, see where it takes us and see what we think about moralism, huh? Whatever, whatever that entails. But I don't know, somebody, what do you guys think about moralism? Do you think it's, it's like, oh, it can work for a time or it can't work at all or. Well, define moralism. What's your definition of moralism? Well, that's the thing. Oh. Who who can say really? Okay, because it's like you're kind of talking about like uh, good versus bad. Yes, and who's determining what's good and what's bad? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly what it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, of course, there's a moralism, mm-hmm. and that we all live under it, mm-hmm. whether we realize it or not. We all have this. To me, in my opinion, we all have this like internal moralism. Some people will disagree with that and think it's subjective, but. Some people prefer a subjective moralism, by the way, which mm-hmm. is not a good move. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's. I think it's something that's just within all of us, whether we think about it or not, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think even just talking about, um, and I have this in the question too, is when you're talking about moralism, like what's good and evil, it's like, is it the type where a select few decide what's good or is it like you come together as a community of people and you decide what's good and, good and bad or is it just like one dictatorship who decides what's good and bad? And so I think that's just my gripe in general with moralism is it looks different every different every way, you know, when for human origin of moralism. Obviously, you're talking about bringing the creator into it and like we all have that kind of internal um moralism from christ from god in us like that conscious the holy spirit and what i'm talking about more is like the people who say like yeah we don't need god because we've come together just as a people and we've decided like what's good and what's bad and that's what i'm talking about more so about moralism because people will say that yeah like what are you talking about this is there's no god's law there's no this didn't come from here it's just we've just decided as a people group that this is bad and this is not bad, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't work, in my opinion. And I can share mine, but you guys can speak first if you'd like. When you, when you say it, it doesn't work, what do you uh-huh. mean by it doesn't work? Moralism, I guess, doesn't work in the sense of it can... I don't think moralism is objective in any regard. You think it's completely it's subjective? Com- it's completely subjective. And is yes. that good? Yes. You think that's good? No, I don't. No, I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying that's why it doesn't work. Because it's subjective. Yes, because moralism is inherently subjective. What you're talking about is like the good that God has put in us from everywhere, right? We're all made in his image, so we all have some kind of understanding, whether we see it or not, of who God is. Right. And so we all have like that little tiny inclination that's like, I should or should not do this which can also be guided by the spirit. But I'm talking about when humans take their rules, their laws, 
and um, get rid of God. Take God out yes, of it. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't work. <clears throat> yes, it doesn't work, but let's talk about that. Okay. Sorry. Cause I, uh, I think we all agree on that. Yeah. Right. It's just hard okay. because I think especially people who are non-believers. So I think as believers, we do have a moralism, and it's from a concrete foundation of God. God is the foundation of where we get our morals from. Which, so it's easy. There is absolute where we believe, oh, this is right, this is wrong. We know where you are. We know where we get our morals from. And I think internally every human being has a set of morals. Um, I think some things can come from like parents and stuff like that, like certain or even cultures. Um, but I think most, you know, morally it's going to come from the Bible. It's going to come from God. Um, but I think other things, there, there's gray areas. That's why the, the part that's hard. There's a lot of gray areas and nobody can say like, oh, it is hard to say, not nobody, but it is hard to say what is absolutely right and absolutely wrong. There are certain parts where it's like, that's a tough decide. So I think that's why humans were like, oh, well, I think this and certain groups think this and other groups don't, which is why there's so much divide, you know, in all aspects of life, morally, politically, you know, religiously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whew. this is a tough one, This concept, these concepts, you know, you can ruminate on them for a while. Um, but I think they're, as Christians, I definitely, and I know there's different philosophical thoughts on this too, but, um, there's definitely absolute moralism Mm -hmm. when you, what Jared was saying, like how they come, there is an absolute right and wrong. And that comes from God that comes from a higher power. So there will always be an absolute right and wrong, a true and a false in absolute moralism in subjective moralism where what you were saying, Dylan, like people just come together. Some people decide just abjectly, oh, this is good. This is bad. Making in making laws or making rules in part for societies and communities. Um, I don't know. It's interesting because I think the argument, I think the argument, the weight of the argument, the burden of proof is on people who don't believe in absolute moralism and who only believe in this subjective moralism without a God, without a higher power, Hmm. because I'll use an example of um, like murder killing, for example, I think you can go to pretty much any society, any country, and that's wrong. And you can kind of, you can go to any person and they're like, well, that's wrong. But then you ask that person, well, why is that wrong? You know, Mm -hmm. I think we believe it's wrong because God says, murder is wrong and and we have that higher power we have god to tell us that if you don't believe in a higher power why why is something wrong Uh who who's to say Mm -hmm. why would you you know what i mean um so i think the burden of proof is on people who don't believe in god to give reasons for subjective moralism if that makes sense no it makes perfect sense because that's a tough thing when you when you try to get rid of god and for those who don't believe like when you try to get rid of a higher authority Mm -hmm. um you just keep grasping at straws at that point to say because like we're talking about murder right now yeah exactly you could come to a point where it's like well okay say there's no god who says murder is wrong like where did that come from it didn't come from evolution yeah you know and i think evolutionary speaking their morals did not come from evolution Mm -hmm. evolution is survival of the fittest so in what 
evolutionary sense is there to and i you know there's different types of evolution whatever but in the broad sense what benefit is it to for example um uh not kill other things or to yeah. like in in evolution survival space you're only looking out for yourself there's no mm. such thing as morals yeah mm. that's yeah. good if subjective moralism worked then we wouldn't need police officers right we wouldn't need courts we wouldn't need military you know like we wouldn't need any of those things there's no need for laws what's stopping me mm. from putting a bullet in your head yeah because you could just say well i feel this is right yeah and it's like what what are you talking yeah, about exactly oh, that's what i think is right isn't it funny though that's how our society is heading yeah it's just like it's in, like pretty much we don't need people to tell us what's right or wrong because we already know we all see what's right in our own eyes in a way yeah and how's that working for us so far well i mean it's depends on who you ask it's been atrocious certain yeah. people think it's working really well yeah you think so certain people absolutely they love guess, the yeah. environment they think this is great because we're making so much progress because huh. they're progressive that's what they're doing they're making so much progress they think we're we're fighting for good things and we don't need other people we the people will decide how well is it that we are choosing to decide even do you remember what happened when china did that or like soviet union did that yeah they well, killed just, 60 million people each <laughs> yeah it's just like every great empire has an expiration date because mm -hmm. i think that's what you what you're talking about right now is just the same of every empire that's ever been before us every empire which is basically a country now you know in modern times but we all eventually just come to a point where it's like yeah i want to decide this i want to decide that me 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 we're making decisions for for right or mm -hmm. for, for wrong but eventually it's like all countries turn into is godless nations mm -hmm. i mean look at just from the beginning, the Israelites, like they constantly yeah. just like cho his chosen people, God's chosen people. And they're still just like, take us back to Egypt. I don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to do this. It's eventually we all turn away from God mm -hmm. as, as nations. And I know it's like, yes, you could pray for your countries, pray for this or that. But ultimately, unless somehow like God is just becomes just this, inherently like this is what we where we need to go in any country or whatever which no country is ever going to be that way uh we are just going to continue to go down that path yeah and it, it just wouldn't be feasible i mean you'd have you'd be speaking of a, a theocracy yeah and it'd be like the pope is getting the word from god it's like <laughs> yeah it's yeah. probably not going to end up working out really well because that's what i'm thinking right now it's like we know what the pope's that... doing on instagram <laughs> <laughs> like nations that like turn away from god i think like we think now of Israel as like a nation of Israel, but then there's like God's people, which mm -hmm. we would be considered that as well, right? Yeah. So for a nation to turn away from God, that would mean, I don't know, the president or like some of the decision makers make law of certain things. I don't know. But to me, I go, well, if that nation's full of people who believe and live under the authority of God, those decision makers did the nation actually turn from God or is there still a bunch of people that are like, no, we still believe in, in the moralism. My, my point is we've let politicians and those decision makers determine our morality a lot more than we should be. Mm. You know what I mean? I think I'm speaking for America for the most part and maybe like Europe yeah. too. Our but. policy written by lawmakers has determined our morality in the United States for most people. Yeah. When they don't have a foundation. Yeah, I think just what comes with um, 
like people, the masses of people, or just even if we're talking about moralism, like your environment that you grew up in, if you went to high school, if you graduated high school, if you went to college, if you graduated college, if you have a master's degree, if you have a PhD, uh, who your best friends were, um, what your parents were into, like all that, all those things are deciding factors of which way you're going to be in regards of what you think is right and wrong. And luckily we have a book that is the written word of God Mm -hmm. that can help us stay in line. And I think it just comes back to like, there has to be a higher authority that is telling us what is right and wrong. And it can't be all these different sources because all these different sources change every 10 years, every 15 years, every day, Mm -hmm. you know? And especially when people get involved and we're talking about like, right, people are following like whatever this person says or that person says, I follow this president, so that's what I'm going to do. I follow that president, so this is my, this is what I think is right and wrong. And it's just like, it's silly because God's the ultimate authority and we can't keep looking to people because when people get involved inherently, we could look in our own lives, we all have certain biases that we tend to follow. We were talking about it beforehand where it's like all these Christ following people, but these things that we don't necessarily want to get rid of, it's like, oh, we're a little bit more flexible right here. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's the same with any lawmaker or government official. It's like, yes, I want to fight for all of this, but over here I'm a little bit biased. And it's always going to be the spot, especially in America, what, what, what makes you money? Yeah, you're gonna be like, oh well, no, no, no. I want this policy and this policy. And yeah, this is good. We're gonna stand up for these people, Ooh, but I need that one to do well because I got stocks now. You know? <laughs> Daddy's gonna make his money. You know, like everything's gonna be in the interest of monetary gain. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said though is important, Jake. Um, I don't think. Yes, we are God's chosen people, and He's going to see us. He's going to find us and everything. But I think there's. All in all, it's like, I don't think any country's just going to be dead set and like, yeah, God's the way. That's all I'm trying oh, yeah. to get to. Yeah. Like, it's just not going to be a thing. Mm-mm. So, but yeah, every empire has gone through this and it eventually falls. So I have a question I've actually let's, prepared. Let's so, because we're I've talking prepared, about, I've prepared. I've prepared this for us. Because <laughs> um, we're talking about, you know, moral absolutism and subjectivism. So I think we can all agree that killing people is wrong right it's not the right thing to do yeah what about capital punishment capital punishment. You, how did i know you were gonna go there i just had a feeling i just want to pose a question yeah, yeah, um, yeah that's a good so question. basically mm-hmm. dylan you're a murderer mm-hmm. um kaylee's judge like cool you're a murderer mm-hmm. sentence you to death um capital punishment you want to know my i could give my I, I would like opinion. all of you guys opinions. uh i don't like i get the whole life for a life says it in the old testament um i'd have to look at the context of that specifically though and then also that was like pre-jesus pre-forgiveness pre 100 percent grace 100 percent truth mm-hmm. but as of right now like i don't think as human beings like i i don't want to decide that and i don't <laughs> think anybody should have the power to decide that except god i heard somebody i think he was in a bible study one time and it was uh it was michael he was like i'm so glad that i'm not god yeah. That I don't have to make those decisions. He's like, I don't know how. To, how do you make those decisions? How do you say, yeah, it's your time to go. You need to go. Yeah. You're staying. 
Like, how do you make? It's like I would hate to. You know, he has a plan for it all, right? Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's like I don't know what the plan is. I'm just glad I don't have to make that decision. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I do think there's consequences for the things that we do. We're that's just part of it. Capital punishment? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I I wasn't ready for it, but I do believe there are consequences for the things. Um, it's like one of those things to where I'm like, okay, well, if I know A plus B equals C, and then I put A and B together, should I be surprised that C is at my front door? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like True. Uh, maybe not. I I don't know. I knew I knew beforehand. <laughs> you know, I still don't think. E- yes, consequences, hundred percent. I I am in agreement <laughs> with you on that. But I don't think another human should decide another human's life. Granted, if somebody did kill somebody, they decided that, right? So you think like, okay, an eye for an eye. Like a life for a life. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see. So, like, they decided that somebody should die by committing that crime. But also, uh, on the other end of that, like, I shouldn't just, like, two evils don't make a right. You know, it's like, I'm not going to Mm. play God and be like, you know what? I'm going to decide that this person should be wiped off the face of the earth. I asked this question to you guys before a while back. Mm -hmm. Someone breaks into your home and starts charging up the stairs. Say you have a child. I have a child. He charges up the stairs to your child's room what do you do i'm doing anything i can to stop that person you kill him yeah dylan do you kill him if i have a firearm and that's what's <laughs> going on yes right uh, to me I it's think like there's what's the a difference, difference in, mm, i think there's a difference between self-defense and this idea of justice revenge i think yes i think they're separate i, and, I thought that yeah. same scenario in my head but i also agree 100 percent. so then the logic there is if I kill him beforehand, it's fine. Well, if he gets it done, he's safe. Mm. So yeah. here's where it comes down to. Interesting. And I think it's it's where your head's at. So I, in my mind, um, personally speaking. <laughs> We're just talking about killing people. <laughs> this is good. I'm sure people think about this. <laughs> just killing people. Um, and so <laughs> Sorry. Kind of how I go, uh, I break this down in my mind. So. Why are you getting the gun or getting an object to do it? Are you doing it to kill this other person? Because you're like, oh, yeah, I want to kill people. Or are you doing it to um, self-defense, to stop a threat, and the preservation of life? Preservation of life is your top priority. That's it. You're preserving the life of you, your wife, your son, et cetera, whatever. Well, technically, usually in these situations, speaking um, from this justice standpoint, capital punishment is... Yeah, punishment, but it depends also kind of what crime has been committed. The preservation of life. Is this person going to go on another serial killing rampage? Um, what's Ted Bundy? Ted Bundy. Like, they think of that guy. They're like, this guy is not safe in society. Right. So they have kind of options. Do I, they leave him in prison forever or do they kill him? Yeah. Are they, what are they doing? So that, and, and the, I agree. Priorities. There's, there's gray. There's, there's no mm-hmm. like a yeah. cookie cutter answer that's like, here's what you do and here's why it's like i don't think there is but yeah well and as we're talking about this i think when especially when we're making this comments like you ask a great question is it right before then but it's not okay (laughs) after i think we can make justific we can justify either way but that doesn't i don't think what am i trying to say that there's still an, an absolute moralism to it we just might not be on the right side of that, if if what I'm saying is making sense, like. So you think there is a moral absolute answer, but we may not. I'm because I'm more on 
this Dylan side with the first, the initial question you posed about capital punishment. Mm-hmm. I'm more on the side of Dylan of their, I don't think humans should be the judge of those kind of things. I think only God should have that kind of power and authority. Mm-hmm. God is the absolute truth and absolute more. So therefore, whatever he decides or does mm-hmm. is the right answer, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. When you guys were talking, it makes perfect sense, by the way. When you guys were talking, um, there's no, like in the Bible, it doesn't say when somebody breaks into your house and they're rushing up the stairs, here's what you do. Mm-hmm. But I actually heard something the other day and I thought that was very good. And I, I was reminded of it because you were talking about intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, it was like rhymey. I don't remember exactly. Like, <laughs> but pretty much it was where the Bible is obscure, meaning there's no specific like, here's what it is. He says that your heart will always be like the one to be judged like your intentions your your heart must be pure that's what it was when mm-hmm. the bible's mm-hmm. obscure your heart needs to be pure in its actions and what it's trying to do and what it's trying to get across um where the bible is clear so must your intentions and actions be mm-hmm. you know so i yeah. think um when the bible is very clear and specific about something it's like your actions and your intentions better be clear and specific but when it's obscure, right, it's like there's no verse in the Bible that talks about that specific situation. I think in that part, like what will be judged is your heart in that moment. You're trying to protect the future. You're trying to protect your own child, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, wh- and then in that case, I feel like it's you're willing to put yourself in front of someone else. You're willing to literally in the situation lay down your life for another if it were to come to that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think putting that's in essence putting others before yourself. I think we're doing a great job of painting the picture that moralism is the most gray thing one yeah. can talk about. Because my brain then went to like Nazi Germany and yeah, was like, that's what objective. It, moralism, it 100%. Because mm-hmm. you, had, you had Christian Nazis, you had atheist Nazis. We look back and we know that was wrong, right? Mm-hmm. But to them, it was like, this isn't wrong. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking about that when you were talking about, we all agree murder is wrong. And I wanted to say yes, and I do. But like for them, some of them didn't. Mm-hmm. That they was justified. Like, that was going yeah, to work. they found ways to justify it. Right. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. But the world pretty much agrees that it was wrong. You know, mm-hmm. it was a power but move. Then but then it begs the question of, then why did everyone else agree that it was wrong, but they didn't? You know what I mean? And then I think that just goes back to this question of, okay, there has to be some sort of higher authority if literally mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. else is going to fight for it. Yeah, and I think what's I so, well, what we're getting into now, I think is just another evidence of why it's so important to have a higher power is exactly. if there was a higher power that we could all look to, I mean, there wouldn't be these nations at war with each other, right. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Deciding like, well, we know better. No, yep. we know mm-hmm. better. Yeah. No, actually, it's your cousin, third removed, <laughs> who knows better. It's ex- subjective moralism is the cause for most wars. Yes. It's yeah. like if subjective moralism was a thing, I I heard it said, who's like, I could just let my dog outside and he can go pee on my neighbor who's watering his lawn and I'll just look away and okay, see, and he's eventually going to get angry that my dog continues to pee on him while he's watering his lawn and that's going to cause strife. And that's what we see in the world. It's the subjective of what I think is right, what you think is right, are not the same. Mm-hmm. But you need to come to what I believe, and I need to go to what you believe in your yeah. life, you know? And I think that's a the, great way of putting it. Yeah. yeah very succinct, very yeah. good way of putting it. Yeah, no, that was great. And I think that's why it's so important, just again, is to have that um, 
intention and that underlying notion that it's like, okay, I'm, I need to follow God's law. But, and we were talking about it a little bit earlier too, before we started recording is people want to leave that behind though. I think that's why mm -hmm. people choose moralism because it can change every day. Because today I want a million dollars, but tomorrow I'm going to want uh, two new cars. I don't know. It's like constantly changing. To, like, okay. You see it all, all the way in politics right now. It's like in people putting their identities in that. It's like today because my man or my person's coming under fire for this allegation, like it's not that bad. Like I'll think of every way to defend it. But then when it's the other person who's who, who whom you don't like, it's like you're the first one to point mm -hmm. the finger. You're ready to freaking go. You're like, see, I told you y'all are terrible, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like, that's what it is. It's like things are right and wrong in our lives until it like lands in your backyard or lands in what you care about. Then it's like, Oh, there's a little bit more gray here. You know, yeah. it's a little bit more wiggle room here. So the only fair and honest way of justifying that would be that it comes from a higher authority. That's the only way to justify mm -hmm. right and wrong. Yeah. I can't, I mean, there's a great, uh, well, two things. There's, a great debate between Sam Harris and this other dude who's a theologian. I think I've talked about this before, but they talk about Sam Harris, who's a, a renowned atheist, right? Scientist guy. But uh, he's, oh, William Craig, William Lane Craig, I think is his name, is the theologian. And their debate is, does morality come from science or from God? And it's a very respectful debate and really like pretty easy to digest. And when I was listening to them, both very honest and I gave a very like non-biased I wanted to hear both sides and the conclusion I came to is like there is absolutely no way that you can have a moral more morality without God mm -hmm. I like just was watching this doctor neuroscientist like stretch to try to prove a point and I was like it's not coming man like there, it doesn't make sense yeah mm -hmm. and yeah. there might be a more I don't know pompous way to say it and think about it but i feel like it's not such a pompous thing as 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 much as it is just a clear and simple answer and what we've been talking about is like i could kaylee's could think killing is wrong and i could think killing is fine right and who's to say right or wrong without a higher power yeah that this is, is, i feel like it's a simple thing but why exactly. does it seem so complicated to grasp onto right and it's in my opinion i think moralism the existence of right and wrong good and evil true and false i think that's one of the most powerful in indicators of god because exactly i've read i've heard those debates before i mm -hmm. like listening to those debates because they're really interesting and it's um of all the things it's you know you can i think you can you can believe in the big bang you can believe the universe started from nothing you can believe life came about from nothing I don't believe saying you could where in that timeline does these concepts of right and wrong come from evolution doesn't point towards that and I mentioned that earlier yeah chemicals cells atoms all of these things are <laughs> together form life without life like there's eight principles of life there's all these conditions mm -hmm. for life to be met right and like separate these things don't have it. Sorry. Just trying to, there's so many like things I want to say because there's, it's such a intense, like heady <laughs> concept, but they don't have, you have moralism once it's all together. If that mm -hmm. makes sense. These separate components, there's oh. no, like a molecule is not going to 
yeah. decide this decide is wrong. right or wrong. Yeah. You don't have it in your DNA. Yeah. There's nowhere in your DNA that's like, this will tell us this is the gene of for This morality. is the moral gene. Exactly. Yeah. Moral moral is so crazy. It's just <laughs> it's ridiculous. But yeah. I think what it all kind of stems from is that people are doing this because it's not only that twenty twenty people don't want to be wrong. I don't have to be wrong. You can't True. tell me I am wrong. You don't. You can't. I could say I identify as a chair, and no one can tell me I can't. <laughs> you can't. I, and I could, or if I go, you know what? Um, uh, my name is Jared, but you know what? Tomorrow I'm gonna go change my name. My name is B. Jessica, and you have to do. I'm not gonna do anything physically. I'm. That's just who I am now. I, I'm physically a woman now. Everything about me is a woman. You have to accept it. And and that's what is so whack. It's so ridiculous about our culture is that you could literally say the wrong thing and it's like, no, that's okay. Two plus two could equal five now. Doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. Nothing is based on facts. And that's no, what's so right. hard about moralism because there is no facts. It's all subjective. It's all, you know, that's what a lot of people think philosophy is anyways. They think it's just all thoughts. But at the end of the day, we can come down to that there's concrete facts there are things that we do know and things we can say and there's logic behind that we can't just make everything so you know inanimate it can't just be like all made up like we have to believe in something but you know what i think too i think what's crazy to me is i want to know why like that idea of i am going to change everything that i've known i believe i'm no facts the sky is green you can't tell me any other way like that is what it is that's like being enforced. That way of thinking is being like enforced. That's weird to me, you know, to the point where it's like hypothetical. Let's say uh, I call somebody by the wrong pronoun. I could lose it. You could lose your job. People have lost their jobs for that. It's mm-hmm. that it's it's being enforced to an extent that is it. It doesn't make sense. I think people who ascribe to subjective morality don't believe in absolute morality i mm-hmm. think um a lot of maybe agnostic atheist don't believe in what i think this is kind of going back to it in the beginning what you're kind of talking about don't believe in this idea of absolute right and wrong truth and 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 falsities but what you were saying about facts and, and when you proud of the two plus two is five it just brought me back to math mm-hmm. and how i think we can point to evidence of absolute morality because certain things in this world and in this universe absolutely are true mm-hmm. and always will be regardless of our feelings or of subjective morality. And I mm-hmm. think that's what points us to this idea of, okay, this is true. There is truth. Mm-hmm. There is, and that leads you back to this absolute truth. Okay. There's an absolute, right. I think it, it's that line of thinking helps get you to this, idea of there being a higher authority yeah i mean and for anybody listening like you could google google this i'm i don't know any names off the top of my head but uh i know there's scientists who the the longer and longer that they peer into the world into the nature into the universe they come to find all these things perfectly aligned perfectly absolute perfectly as it should be and it's like where could this come from except from an absolute authority right absolutely yes well and that's why as someone who took a lot of science classes, my degree is in biology, I it was always hard for me to understand how people didn't believe in a creator mm-hmm. when there's so much evidence of intelligent design mm-hmm. of of absolute morality um, in our world and in our universe. Like like everything I said, all of these things like 
point towards God and point back towards yeah. God and what he created and how he created them to be and how he created us to be. People may disagree on the methods of how it came to like, you know, and everything, but this idea of there has to be a God yeah. because how, how do we exist? How do we as sentient conscious moral beings exist without there being a God? Yeah. So to, to your initial question of can we have morals without God? I don't think so. A hundred percent. And it kind of leads into this conversation too is, um, can there be a, like a good person without God? And no, I don't, I don't think there can be. I mean, in the Bible it says there's none righteous. Like there's not, not a good person, not even one. What's you your know? definition of good? Yeah, that, that would be the well, question. Well, that's the thing. It's a, even Jesus says it uh, to a man who says, you, you are good. He's like, no, I'm not good. Like only the father is good. Only mm-hmm. the father that's is it, good. Yeah. <laughs> and even that in itself is like, what? the heck like what is going on so i don't we can't define what is good only god can define what is good and only god is good so that's why as christians like the foundation of our belief is to be more and more christ like to be more uh Mm -hmm. like god in his character in his Mm -hmm. nature in his ways because we know that we can't do that yeah and i think what you were saying is really important because it's kind of bringing us back to the basis of why we're we've talked about like subjective moralism and why it doesn't work but I think it's important to talk about why we think, you know, God is the authority, you know? Yeah. And what you were saying was important because I heard it said, talk, they were talking about like if Jupiter was, or the design is what you're talking about, the design. Intelligent design, yeah. They were saying if Jupiter was like two feet further, we would lose the gravitational pull and we wouldn't be spinning or like we wouldn't. We wouldn't be able to, there wouldn't, wouldn't be. be like, if the sun was like, there. you know, two feet closer. We'd, yeah. be, scorched. we'd yeah. be scorched. If it was two feet further, we'd be frozen. Mm-hmm. Everything is so intentionally perfect. It's crazy. I right? saw this the most, and I'll get back to my point, but I saw this the most when uh, my wife was giving birth and after she gave birth and how everything in her body adjusted and moved. Literally bones moved to make room for that baby and get the baby out. A lot of bones had to be moved. Dude. I feel like he's a chunker. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, to get that big old head. <laughs> but like, and I, I, I thought about that and then I look at my son and I'm like, you're, <laughs> there's no other explanation. You can't tell me that that boy is like a bunch of space particles. There's mm-hmm. no chance. And then the, back to the, the last thing I was going to say is the idea of science uh, defining morality is impossible. They, they said, Okay, so you did all these scientific, uh, this research and these experiments. You came to a conclusion. Why are you telling me the truth? Why are you telling me the truth about what you found? Why does it matter? Well, he's like, yeah. what, what, what in you is being like, I should tell the truth about what I told, what I found. Mm-hmm. Like, what's, what is it? And there's no science to determine that, it, to determine why that person should even be telling the truth. How do mm-hmm. we know they're telling the truth? Mm-hmm. Right? And so it kind of just enforces for me that there there is a moral authority and just by the design i believe that god created where we are and who we are and if that's the case and if i believe that then i believe that god's authority is above Mm -hmm. my authority and above jared's authority especially Mm -hmm. yeah but it's interesting to think about like it, it really comes down to a lot of what your view on life is so i think as a Christian, um, it's pretty well known that we are not, we don't come out the womb. I know your son's perfect in your eyes. Dude, However, kids, they're still demons. People come out, we are not pure. 
No, we're still pure. evil. No, he's pure. That's okay. You can think what you want, but we are evil. Christians, he's he's pure. Humans, he's pure. humans from the day we're born are selfish creatures. Where we are not pure and perfect, and without we need God. We're still sinful from the second we're born. We're born into a sinful world from sinful parents. We are covered in sin, um, and we need that. So you would think that oh well, no people can make their own morals or their own you know values and stuff. No, it can't. It can't because if that were the case, we would think lying is right because our sinful nature is pushing us to believe or to say this is right because it's going to get me farther ahead. If I lie to Dylan and I say something else, if he's like, hey, I need you to be there at five and I don't want to be there. I'm like, oh, dude, you know, I got this dentist appointment. It's going to get me something. It's going to get me somewhere. I get out of it. I get pleasure out of it because I don't have to do what he wants me to do. Jesus is the truth. He's given us this truth. That's where our moral our morals come from. It, it's so opposite of what we are. If people really truly believe that we come in this world and we are righteous, if humans are good things, I think that really says a lot about, you know, kind of how their worldview is. If you believe that people are bad, which is pretty easy to see from death and famine, murder and war, I don't know. I don't know how you think that we can kind of create what's right. I don't, I don't see that, that that works out. Yeah, I talked, I forget when I said that, but I asked you guys, like, just think of all the stories you've heard and in your own life and everything. And you could see, like, oh, yeah, people kind of suck. I mean, you hear it all the time. You see memes about it. Your friends say it. Your family say it. Say it. Um, it's like, oh, people suck, dude, huh? And it's just like, yeah, do they do? And then you kind of carry on with your day. But then you really think about it. You're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. We kind of are pretty crappy mm-hmm. well, sometimes. That question you posed, um, can you have, can you be a, a good person without God? So if you were to come up to me and ask me, hey, do you think you're a good person? And let's say I don't believe in God. And I say yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like your next question to me should be, um, what makes you good? You know? And then I am the one who has to come up with a reason. Well, I don't lie. I don't murder people. It's like, well, who's to say... If that's good or bad, like, why is that? Why is that good or bad? And even like, oh, that's the only determining factor for making a good person. And by the way, you probably do lie. Well, exactly. <laughs> that's, odds are you lie. Yeah. No, totally, exactly. Mm-hmm. So this, like I said, I think the burden of proof is on people who say there is no God. Because what are you ascribing? It's right. just arbitrary at that point. Right. It's mm-hmm. good compared to what? Mm-hmm. Like you yes. need to have something concrete to be able to compare it back to. Otherwise, you're just apples and What's oranges the foundation what's the where's exactly. the ground where's the ground for exactly your right. what's the basis exactly i think that's good too especially for people right now because everybody wants to fight for something especially <laughs> right now right and mm-hmm. um that is a heavy weight to carry though because there's there's always going to be something that pops up that like needs to be done or something that pops up in your life that you need to be better at or do any of this so it's like that question in itself like okay what makes you good that is such a heavy question because it's like you could list 20 things but it's like still there's so much more that entails what a good person can be right well and then you're going and then what you said just made me think okay then if people start listing off like accomplishments or things they do as opposed to things they don't do so is what makes you good a sum of all yeah the Mm -hmm. good what even is good and then deeds this, that you've done yes but then that takes you into but, and then exactly. also like does that mean everybody who hasn't done exactly that is bad so now you are the determiner of 
good for all of mankind. And is it yeah. good enough for Christ? Yeah. No. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's where it, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that's why if you really think about it from that regard, like if I wasn't a Christ follower and I heard this, I'd be like, oh man, you're right. Like that's a lot of stuff to have to hold up to. And I don't think in any individual should be the look, the most look to person for to decide what is good and what is not uh, good. But if I wasn't a Christ follower and I heard that, I'd be like, oh man, I want to be a Christ follower because it's like, he's good. And I just want to strive to be the best uh version of him that i can be right yeah i want to i want to strive to be more and more like him and instead take all the weight of like i need to do this 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 and this and this and check off this box it's like you know what i'm just going to be more like christ i'm just going to focus my character on who he is and that's like a weight lifted yeah. off my shoulders yeah. well and to shift it a little bit because i think this would be an interesting thing to get your guys opinion on so i know we've kind of talked about maybe more of the agnostic maybe atheistic views this whole idea of morality without god now what you were talking about um just now this idea of of trying to it can't be about all the the amount of good things we've done or the good deeds we are what even Mm -hmm. is good in different religions that's a core Mm -hmm. tenet of their religion Mm -hmm. is i need to do xyz i need to do this amount of good things to outweigh the bad things in order to get to the next life next level the next level, exactly. The next to meet the boss. <laughs> to them, they're following their higher authority. Just, I don't mean to be mm-hmm. disrespectful. No, totally. No, I get what you're saying. But it's like... <laughs> you're terrible. You know, and then I think, then is then when we start to shift on why is Christianity, we believe Christianity is the right mm-hmm. way. God is the yeah. absolute. God is the truth. As compared to other religions who mm-hmm. their morality does come a higher authority, but it's not the same mm-hmm. as ours. Yeah. So are you saying why is Christianity the way? I think that's, I'm pivoting the conversation towards that. Okay. I think like, I mean, uh, just historically from what's written in the Bible and what's talked about is a lot of people like to be deniers of who Jesus is when it's like, it's, it's pretty common knowledge and information to educated people that Jesus was a real person. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you have Roman historians, people who wrote about Caesar right, and, and all those things whom we learn about in history, same people wrote about Jesus, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And we know he was here. Yeah, he was, absolutely. Ab- he was absolutely here, you know, and um, all these stories, which you could do like date, you could date things back and it's like Christianity, Catholicism is like the oldest, like widespread religion uh that i believe you could see and pinpoint in all other religions it's like oh this is kind of saying the same thing like um yeah in a non-disrespectful way i think most buddhist and confucius kind of sayings it's like dude just read the book of proverbs yeah it's it's the same same it's the same thing it's literally the same thing yeah and and odds are those people read those books of the bible (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know and that's where they got this stuff from but they just took it their own way and I think personally, that's if you just do a little bit of digging, I'm sorry, I don't know the numbers and the dates right off the top of my head, but like the good book, the Bible is and the date of Jesus and all those uh, characters of the Bible date back further than any other um, major religion, Islam, um, Buddhist, anything else. And I think my question, and I like, I think uh, PJ brings this up a lot and i think it's it's very true because i would say 
okay, so how many is good enough? Exactly. What's good yeah. enough? At what point is it like, did I do enough? I did enough good things. Is it like 25 good things? Is it 50 good things? Like, what is it? Um, and I think if we are honest with ourselves as Christians or even as people, like you said, we're all evil people and we can know the law. We can know the, the, uh, the rights and the wrongs of our book and still choose not to do them. Paul says, I do the things that I hate. Why don't I do the things I should do? I want to do. I don't do them. I do the things that I hate. We all can find ourselves in that exact scenario mm-hmm. m- multiple times a week, right? And uh, I think the Bible, Jesus is the only one that says, yeah, I know. I know that's the human condition. I'm fully aware. And I'm just letting you know right now that it's okay. I came because you couldn't do it. You can't do it. And if anybody has been a Christian for any amount of time, it's finally understood. <laughs> Hope you haven't yet. You need to understand that you can't do it. You can't do the things, you know? We can get close and we can try and we can follow and we can strive to do them and to fulfill that, but you can't completely fulfill. And he knew that he understood that. Whereas that wouldn't be good news if it was like, yeah, now go ahead and uh, earn your way up to me. What's good news about that? Yeah, it's, you're definitely correct. It's the only religion that takes it off of what you can do. Yeah. It's not merit based. Yeah, exactly. And that alone is, I don't know. That's it's a, that, freeing. It's, it's a very, very freeing. Like a lot of people see Christianity as this, like, oh, like chains. You can't do anything fun. You can't do any of that. And it's like, well, I'd rather like follow a set of values, a set of guidelines to live my life. That inherently, we've talked about this. Like they're spiritual, but yet they also make your life better. Oh yeah. The, yeah. the more you do them, you realize, oh man, I'm glad that I'm doing this. But also, it takes the weight off of you, mm-hmm. and it makes. I'd rather do that. And not follow like my own what I want, what because that's just that's too much pressure for the day. Like right. there's already enough pressure in my day to day. It's like I don't want to figure out what's right and wrong over in the entire world. Like I don't want to be God. I don't because what you're doing when you're just following your own moralism is you're saying what you're doing is the dictator of what's right and wrong. Yeah. And so I don't want to be God. I don't want that pressure. I don't want to judge anybody's sins. I don't want to decide capital punishment like i don't want to do any of that so i want to follow christ so that way i don't have to i don't have to do that take it off me put it on who god is instead of following these set of i guess rules that can never be truly followed 100 percent. you know and i think that's just another reason why christianity is such a powerful move good good way to go (laughs) (laughs) i completely agree so i don't know what do you think jerry I was just thinking, I spaced out for a second. I was just kind of brought up uh, in my mind. I was just thinking about in my mind. <laughs> in my mind, um, I don't. I don't know if it was one of the questions or not, but just like being, you know, obviously we're talking about moralism, but being like a good Christian and a bad Christian. Mm. I was just kind of thinking. Mm. I don't know any good Christians. <laughs> Thing, bro. What does that even mean? You yeah, wanna, exactly. You go for another hour and a half. <laughs> it's just so interesting because I'm like, there's. We we have so much like of this foundational truth this is great and we're talking about there's never anything good enough that's why I'm like yeah there's no good Christians I feel like it's just like it's the opposite like there's nobody that's a a good Christian because you're a Christian because you are bad you are full of sin and you're constantly being sanctified yes I feel like all I'm, the time I see that consistently today mm-hmm. because of politics it's like if you're a conservative Christian then if you're left leaning Christian you think the conservative Christians are terrible. And if you're 
a conservative Christian, you think in your head also like, how could anybody be a democratic Christian? Like, what are you talking about? You know? And cause we're letting politics skew our morality. We're letting yeah. politics, we're letting culture determine what's right and what's wrong rather than taking it back to the Bible, which obviously I, I think it's okay to have your own personal biases. It's okay if you're like, oh, you know, I lean more left, lean more right, whatever. We all have our own personal opinions. However, what it comes down to at the end of the day is there are certain things that are right and certain things that are wrong. If you subscribe or ascribe to a belief or a political opinion that tells you that this moral absolute is wrong, it's the opposite of what God's telling you, you need to go take a look at your heart. Go ahead. Yeah, so instead you have all these echo chambers because, yeah, we all suck. So mm-hmm. you just got everybody in their echo chambers that it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yes, we're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that so brings good. up a really good point that like Christians, for the most part, we're all hypocrites to some extent. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, we're we've talked about that. I, I think, think so. before on this, it's like, yeah, we're all hypocritical, but sorry. Go well, ahead. My, my point is like, if you have been mistaken where it's like, oh, these pastors, because I think a common misconception is like, oh, well, these pastors are just doing this. They just want money or they want this. I'm talking about from the non-believer standpoint. And going back to the point of what we're talking about is like, there should be no church or pastor preaching that they're good (laughs) or that their church is good or that as a people, we're good. The only thing that we can preach is that Jesus is good. That's Mm -hmm. it. God is only good. And if you think you are, if your pastor said that, he's awesome and he's great, leave that church because he's not. And... I think that's where you get miscon- like this misconception where it's like, I put so much faith into this guy, and we were talking about this earlier, and he let me down. Of course he did. He's he lets you down every day. You just don't see it, but you know you only see him on Sundays. But that's uh, I think another thing that's important to understand that yeah we're all bad. Even the church leaders are bad. You yeah, know? I think that's one thing that. Excuse me. Oh, Ooh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Did you guys hear that? No. Yeah, did. You did? Shoot. You hear that, Ben? It was on the oh, recording. Uh, my bad if y'all heard that. It, it was, was just like quiet. a burp. It's like a quiet burp. Um, but yeah, dude, I think there is a higher calling on pastors. We were talking about that earlier, too. There's all that stuff. But yeah, you just see who, who they are on Sunday. It's impossible to see um, who they are throughout the week. Now, hopefully they are good Bible reading, Christ <laughs> following, reading. <laughs> Christ following people, you know? I hope yeah. they believe what they're reading. Too. Yeah. And, and put that into their daily lives. Um, but I find it's funny that, sorry, this, I'm going to go on a, on a tangent now, because this is just something that bothers me is like for the past five years, the whole idea of like perfect place for imperfect people. If you're not perfect, you'll fit in. It's all about this, like, come as you are, come as you are, come as you are uh, type of thing. Yet when somebody shows up as they are, it's especially as a church leader, it's like, oh, frick, I know that's our saying, (laughs) but we can't actually operate that way. Like I know our Mm -hmm. saying is like, come as you are, like that's what we are. But when a leader like fails or stumbles, it's like... Not you though. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> no, 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 that's not for you. Yeah, that's for other people. And yes, there's higher callings, there's higher things. But mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's just, I'm just talking about bad Christians, and good Christians, because I think bad Christians are the ones who are like stone them. Yeah, get rid of them. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pitchforks. Yeah, and it's like, mm, fire. Like the I Pharisees. Think, yeah, exactly. And I think both too, by the way. Yes, 100%. I think there's also bad Christians that are just like, oh, it's yes, all good. No, porn is good. Yeah, it's all it's good. Like, what? <laughs> Keep sleeping around like, yeah. heck yeah, dude. Like, Do oh, what you want. Like, it's clean. God forgives. Oh, no. Dude, Didn't we talk about this last, go. last week? We talked about the important. Yeah, we talked about all this last week. <laughs> I'm not going to get back into it. I'm going to start getting upset. I'm just saying, dude. God does forgive, right? We don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He does. You're right. Well, he also mm-hmm. says, like, it is, it's worse off for those who know and what choose. to do. Yeah, and choose to not follow that. Yeah. So we said we're not going to get into it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, let's Throw see. Let's there. see. Last, <laughs> last question. How can we, uh, as culture shifts, right? Morality will shift. It's true. And so I think, um, how can we one draw near to God during all of this in our, just our life in general, because culture will shift. God doesn't change, but how can we do that? But then also how can we lead people to Christ? Cause I think, shoot excuse me again because i think that should always ultimately be an underlying thing in our life is it says go forth into all the nations and, to, and preach the gospel to everybody like everybody should know who jesus is so it's like okay how do we keep our absolute morals from god and like see that but then yet see and look around and it's like we see a culture that's nothing christ-like at all and so how do we like I said, follow Christ, but also jump into this in hopes of bringing people with us. You get me? Yeah. Anybody? Jump into... Well, so, okay. Let me, I'll go. Okay. Because I think it's going to come... It always comes down to this. It's like half... You got to have 100% truth, 100% grace. And I think that's... It's becoming tougher and tougher to do that because one, somebody will hate you for your truth, but then two, we could also be too um, like bendy on whatever and just completely fall into what the culture is, right? And, and so the it's, grace isn't helpful. Exactly, and the grace isn't helpful because you just start affirming things. And Jerry, you're talking about empathy earlier, and I think we have to find this balance of who Christ is while also having that empathy. And I think that's so tough in these times. So it's like, how how do we do that? How do we operate? How do we push forward as Christians? I'll tell you what, man. Lay it on me, brother. Uh, you, we understand that we live in a world that has fallen. We understand that we live in a world that is uh, godless for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, one thing, and just being honest, we can't expect people to love us for what we do. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I think... That's just the reality. If we look at the life of Jesus, he says a prophet's not even welcome in his own, own hometown. Mm-hmm. I can't even go here, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he sends his disciples out and he says, go, and if this town doesn't welcome you, move on to the next. What is he saying? He's saying, don't argue. Don't put up a fight. Just move on. Mm-hmm. Why? Because odds are they're going to get rejected. You're going to get rejected. I'm going to get rejected. Mm-hmm. And I think in American Christianity, we've gotten to a place where we want to be liked so bad. Uh-huh. And we want to be cool and hip and we want to dare I say, mm. be with the celebrities and we want to do all this stuff. And it's like, dude, you're not, like that's not f- what Jesus has ever, that, there's no example of that in right. the Bible. Yeah. So your question is how do we uh, 
you know, go about this. If you don't compromise the gospel, if you don't compromise the name of Jesus, odds are you're going to be rejected more than you're accepted. Right. Mm-hmm. Without compromise. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's something that we just have to understand because, but the people that accept, the people that are like, you know what? There's something about this. Those people, their lives will be changed forever. And you will still see, I like I like to say, you'll still see marriages healed. You're still going to see uh, people healed. You're still going to see addictions broken, depression, anxiety. You're, you're going to see all of those things. But I do think you're going to see more rejection than you see those things mm-hmm. in our culture. Why? Because we're bringing, trying to bring God into a godless culture. Right. Mm-hmm. And I also think, though, on the other end, because this is my character, you guys know me, <laughs> um, people are so... Christians specifically I'm talking about are so like uh that's so far from what God is like uh I can't like I can't be around these people like I don't want to be around these people and it's like like I get yes you preach the gospel don't compromise what that is but the more you do it from a place of relationship and we've talked about this and relationship starts with empathy identifying with who people are and seeing who they are and meeting them where they're at, that will, I think the gospel will always fall on deaf ears to anybody right. who's not met in a place of relationship. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it goes like hand in hand. Sorry, go ahead. Well, that just, that so perfectly aptly describes what I was thinking about when you were talking about that. And it, when you, it just makes me think of, I feel like Christians oftentimes use an excuse to get out of being invested in different cultural things going on, politics, community, what Mm -hmm. have you, what's not of this world, as people Mm -hmm. like to use that phrase. I think people use that as an excuse to not get involved. Yeah. But I think of Jesus hanging out with the tax collectors and the prostitutes, like that's where he spent his time was with the people and invested in the communities and build it, like you said, building those relationships. I think it's, it's so important to to build us to stand strong where we are and not waver on that, but to also realize that we can't just turn a blind eye to what's going on around us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's tone deaf and I think that's yeah. what gets people to not want to listen to us if we're not at least, you know, trying to be a part of what's going on or in, in mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, I feel like one of the greatest examples I have is I could not stand kids at all, at all, at all. And then my sister had a kid and now my brother and his wife had a kid. And it's like, I think they're the greatest things ever <laughs> because I have a strong relationship with, with both of them. Right. And they have this child and I'm like, these children are amazing. And now it's like, Jake has a baby. It's like, I love this baby because he's my friend. I can still tell you to this day, if I'm not friends with the person or if it's just a random baby, I don't really care much for them. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest, you know? And it's it's that principle that I think that we need to carry into our everyday lives that, hey, when you build relationships with people, uh, you're probably going to have an impact on their life and vice versa. You know, it's um, when you come from a place of relationship, you are more respected. You are more likely to be heard. And you honestly will probably get the job done a lot better than just here's what I got to say. Here's what's true. And it's true. Yeah. But it's going to fall on deaf ears types of things. Are you going to say something? No. Okay. Don't say something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Were you going to? No, I just literally looked at you. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I was also just going to say too, we can't 
I don't think in this time we can any longer depend on a Sunday service to build a church. Mm. I think yeah. it finally has to become come to a place where the Christian, the church as an individual, uh, takes responsibility for that, you know? Mm-hmm. Where, I think for too long, our evangelism was come to my church. And that just doesn't or work. Or yelling at people on the street. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. And it's like, there's, the, no, there's no middle ground. <laughs> the old come to my church thing doesn't do it anymore. I don't think it works at all. It, it did at one point. It, I, I, I guarantee it probably does. I don't think it does now. I don't know how it is for COVID because of, um, I don't know, people don't want to be around people for it is. But prior, like literally studies done this year is you still have like about, it was 79%. So basically an 89 or an 80% chance of somebody saying yes. If you say, hey, do you want to go to church? Yeah. But what I'm saying is that is not proving to build. I'm the not church. saying there's a heart change or there's something that's gonna what happen. I'm saying. I, I don't think okay. anybody walks away. It was like, wow, like I'm mm-hmm. really interested in Christianity now. I think the invitation to church is accepted usually because that initial relationship, you're right. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, from an outside perspective, I don't want to go to church. What, what about church is makes me want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people, they're singing these stupid songs The music's not great. They got a coffee. Maybe there's like a couple of girls or guys or whatever, you know, uh, they're like, oh, they're kind of cute and stuff like that. But it's like, it, it's kind of hard. Like the church selling the gospel is hard. The church, the the organization, but like the church, the people, that I think is like, that's where, that's I think what, we're all in agreement. Yes. It's, that's where it's good. the sale comes in, in a way. Be, yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. We can mm-hmm. fill seats all day long. We've seen that for the past 40 years that we can fill up churches, big churches. We can fill them up. But we're also seeing the morality the moralism on a steady decline and if the church attendance is going up but everything else is declining that there's a formula that's not working and it's we're seeing well, it's like what was the early church it was people gathering in homes and in doing homes. just that building yeah. those communities small scale and i you know i think there definitely is um weight and importance to being fed in this idea of church being that but i mean where do people really learn about Jesus from mm-hmm. seeing other people who, who right. try to live out their life the best way they can for Jesus right. from people having discussions about it and conversations and serving alongside one another. Serving. That is like oh my gosh. the biggest, yeah. I know like a uh, producer of faith in my opinion. And yep. that's like when it gets ingrained the most is like when you are working together with somebody whom you care about for one common goal. And especially if that goal is like for the kingdom, it's, it's crazy how much of a bond you and that per person or group of people will make, but also like how much closer you'll be drawn to God mm-hmm. in those moments. That's, I a hundred percent believe that like for anybody, yeah. it's crazy. And so your question back to your question is how do you, in a culture that's going to this subjective moralism, that's going into chaos and disorder, how do you maintain Jesus? And the love for people. It's like you stay in community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You stay in the small groups. You stay serving together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you're going to get all the ideas and all of this stuff everywhere you look on your Instagram, Facebook, everywhere you go. Yeah. You're going to get these ideas, mm-hmm. but you're going to get the ideas that God, you know, what's that? Yeah. You'll get the, the, um, uh, I guess I'll just say truth for lack of better terms, uh, when you're surrounded by people that also believe in the Bible, believe in God as an authority. You have to stay in that world. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think it. You're. You're. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. Just a hundred percent. Yes.
Sick. Culture shifts all the time. God doesn't change. At we can't all. let the gospel change. That's yeah, it. the gospel can never change. Right. I think I've said this before. I think like the pathway looks different for people to understand the gospel, but it can't. The message has to stay the same. You know? Mm-hmm. I, know. I agree. It's just uh, strange times we're living in. You know, it's not so common that people want to hear who the gospel is. But it's also like there's sometimes where you find yourself so much more surprised that people are willing to hear you out because you realize, oh, frick, I live in the real world, not in what I see on Instagram. Like, oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> like people are actually down to listen to this. Like, yeah. that's pretty cool. Well, I but, think there comes a point where you do realize that your subjective morality, what you're doing doesn't work. So you are searching yeah, for something. And I think that's, you know, I think as Christians, we really need to be aware of that. Like always putting others before ourselves, looking for that opportunity mm. to, um, to build that relationship further and be willing mm. to speak this truth that we have to people. We have the truth. We know yeah. that God is Yeah. now we need to like what Jake was saying. We just need to be willing to tell people. Yeah. With the proper delivery. Exactly. That's the key part. Yeah. Dude, I, yeah, I think that's what it is. It's just we can never get our delivery right. <laughs> we can never get it like, oh, yeah, dope. Like, I heard that out, you know? Because I'll, I'll, there's, it's like either too graceful or too like fire and boom, brimstone. Boom. <laughs> yeah. Fire and brimstone. It's like, mm. ah! I like the fire and brimstone. Well, I, I don't know. It says that they're going to know us by our love, right? Yeah. For one the way another. That we love people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Make that a priority, I guess. Yeah. Or Put something. Put before yourself. You know what I think, too? And this is just a, probably a hot take. I'm sorry. We if we got to go. You tell me. But We got to go pretty soon. Okay. <laughs> Jake, Jake has a kid. Uh, and Jerry's got to use the restroom. I think <laughs> we, we speak... I think Christians speak on a lot of issues which are truthful yes it's like yes we could speak on those truthful things but we never speak from like a place of relationship meaning there's a lot of issues and a lot of things that people want to fight for and talk about the church like the church is homophobic or the church is this conservative like hates women type of thing and we do our best to combat that yet we never meet somebody who maybe thinks that and like builds that relationship with them. And because I think just like you were talking about earlier, Jake, like reasoning with people, it's like you can never reason with somebody whom you don't even have a relationship with, mm-hmm. right. you know? And I think, so we speak these, these truths or these things that are in the Bible or something like that, but we don't speak from a place of relationship. We don't speak from a place of like, I know this person who, who disagrees very much so with me but we're able to talk about these things, mm-hmm. you know? And I think I think Christians would honestly speak with more authority if that were a thing. Now, I'm not saying like, oh, look, here's my friends list, you know? So, so I'm going to talk about um, homosexuality or transgenderism. Like, so here's like my friends list. So, to, so you guys know I have these <laughs> friends, but I think just speaking, when you speak in front of people and you speak to people, about certain topics when you have relationships with people from these topics it gives you a different insight it's just like the movie jojo rabbit comes to my head 
Have you guys seen that movie? No. No. So basically, yeah. Jojo Rabbit is a kid who's living in Nazi Germany. Oh, yeah, I've seen And that. they're tr- trying to expunge all, all the Jewish people, and they're doing all that. And his mom has a Jewish girl live in the house with him, hidden, though. Mm-hmm. And he happens to find her, and now he's split, you know? And over time of getting to know her and know who he is, he kind of sees who she is, but it's like fighting against his inner, like, but wait a minute, I'm a Nazi. Like, the Jews are evil, per- evil mm-hmm. people, like... They do all these terrible things. And so over time of building that relationship, like he's still a little like Nazi-ish, you know, but he like learns like, wait a minute, they are people as well. Yeah. And he eventually like gets her out, you know, and Mm -hmm. the war ends and he's like sad to see her go. And this is somebody at the beginning of the movie hated her, thought she was evil. And now here they are building relationships ready to go. And so I think, I think if Christians took a, page or a scene out of that movie i think (laughs) we would do a lot better jobs honestly Uh, my quick answer is that growing up i grew up very christian very conservative home same thing i went to private christian school up until i was a sophomore in high school and i was i considered like i guess i could look back and say i was pretty you know homophobic i i was just very scared of the unknown and the, the thought of people being gay was like oh my gosh like freaked me out and all sorts of different stuff. And it wasn't until I, you know, I got older and I was kind of like, Oh, okay. Like I can't feel like a little bit better about what I thought about um, people who were gay. And it wasn't until like I had a, I had a manager when I worked at Chipotle and he ended up coming out like he had, like he had a very, very pretty girlfriend and then they broke up and then he's like, yeah, I'm gay. I remember he kind of came out and it was like my first friendship with somebody who was gay and I felt like after that and just having more and more people who I've met who are gay and just because we were kind of talking about it, it, it definitely does change your views, how you feel and how you interact. Because if you're going to sit and be like, you know, everybody that's, you know, pro-choice, I hate them and this, this and that, you're never going to reach anybody. But when you do have that relationship, it completely changes your interactions. It completely changes your intentions and how you feel gives you a different authority dude it, it, it really totally does. does it totally does mm-hmm. i agree and fear is just really like a fear of the unknown like you're yes. afraid of something that sure. you don't understand that's why you hear all the time i feel like in talking about situations or people it's like i don't understand how people could do this or i don't understand how people could do that then seek to understand like seek to get past that fear that you have in your life so that way you could come to a place of like okay, I can see that now, mm-hmm. but here's what I have to say or here's what I want to say, you know, rather than just like, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Frick y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we took a wild turn from moralism <laughs> yeah. over here. Well, it's just because I, like I think it. I could talk about this topic right now that we're in like mm-hmm. for 20 straight hours. Is that next episode or what? I don't know, dude. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to sound mean. What do you mean sound mean? I don't want to sound mean. Now you're getting into my world. Listen, just be nice. Let Jake be the mean one. That's easy. Dude, no. I'll be the truth. You be the love, dude. Yeah, that's what that conversation would turn into. Yeah. It's just like, Jake's going to be like, no, we need to say this. I'm like, bro, <laughs> we need to relax here <laughs> and settle down. Like, I went uh, to a very liberal school. Uh-huh. Grew up very conservative went to a church that was more conservative and you know this this idea of of things being scary not knowing 
but then I don't know. I think there's a difference between getting a different perspective, having empathy and then not having truth. Yeah. I think it's mm-hmm. really healthy to get different perspectives and to yeah. broaden your horizons yeah. and to think of challenge Mm-hmm. challenge ideas challenge concepts you should never take what someone says to you for at face value yeah. right you know the best thing i ever did was like read or like i listen to books more than i read them but mm-hmm. uh like listen to like audiobooks from like atheists uh-huh. that's one of the best things i ever did yeah it just like i don't know it just made me softened a little no no maybe not maybe it made me more edgy it's in that regard because i was like so upset by the stupidity but <laughs> like yeah but it's like I think it brought I, at least, your knowledge but at least i understood i was like yeah, okay yeah. i see where you're getting this exactly. right you know but, it's but then wrong. i think you have better conversations though you because then you, you come from a point of seeing different viewpoints perspectives understanding where someone comes to empathy like we were mm-hmm. talking about and it's totally okay to still have your own mm-hmm. ideas Beautiful. to still know the absolute truth yeah but there's always gray areas mm-hmm. within that yeah it's like do i want to talk to a wall today or do i want to yeah. be a wall or do i want to be a human being yeah <laughs> you know it's like i don't know anyways that was my tangent jared's dying over here I oh yeah <laughs> you gotta use the bathroom yeah i do <laughs> but this is a good talk i definitely uh-huh. enjoy it uh-huh <laughs> anyways i love all you guys though same straight up atheist christian uh buddhist. liberal buddhist conservative like i love you all all are welcome up. yeah i'm about it all don't come it. as you are get fixed up and cleaned up <laughs> <laughs> that is not the stance be of perfect church. and then come yeah <laughs> that's obviously yeah. not true because jared's here so oh and he's yeah. the worst of them all isn't he mm-hmm. i wouldn't say the worst bezel bub maybe the second um Beelzebub. 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 Sounds like a villain in a Disney That's channel. your pastor, Beelzebub. That's, that's oh. me. <laughs> yep. Oh, no. That's me. Beelzebub. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways. Uh, I got to go. Jake, thanks for being here. Jerry, yeah, thanks for guys. being here. Mm-hmm. Kaylee, thanks for being here. <laughs> you are gross. It's it's hitting that hour limit, and my mind's going crazy. Hey, come right? hang my out with Jerry this nuts. weekend, by the way. Oh, you're not going to be there, huh? No, I got to work. 13th. 13th, we got a pop-up service at Harrison Park. Pop-up. 10 a.m. <laughs> uh, but we love you guys, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. Yes, sir.